0: I'm anxious just like you. Amen? From the book of Genesis, chapter 2, we want to look at verse 15, 16, and 17 for the word. You come come for the word. That's why we're here. We're here because we need the word. Amen. Genesis, chapter 2, we want to look at verse 15 because we are doing a series, and our series that we are teaching now has to do with the tree of knowledge. All right, Genesis, chapter 2, And verse 15, we're going to come to this camera. Verse 15 says, And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou may freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day thou eat thereof thou shalt surely die. And we know that he did die that day, but not physically, spiritually. That's why. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. That's why they are... To death, Jesus died and Christ died. You got to understand that. We're going to be going through all of that stuff in this teaching. All right. Now, thank God for his goodness. Now, what we want to do is uh, we're in a series and we're talking about the tree of knowledge. All right. And we are already uh, going on verse number 12. I'm not mistaken. Last week we had be strong in the grace life. And I hope you enjoyed that teaching. It said, be strong strong. in the grace life. life. All right, remember, because before that, we talked about the grace life. We have a teaching on the grace life. Say that with me, the grace life. life. And you got to make sure that you're in the grace life. Now, let's give you our subject today, and we'll do a little recap as we go along. Let's go to the book of Colossians, from the book of Colossians, uh, chapter 1. From the book of Colossians, chapter number one. I heard this morning that we will make sure we're celebrating one of our mother's birthdays. We got, uh, I think, a couple this month. And I know one of our mothers, Mother Jones, so su- supposed to be in here today with her family. Uh, you want to wave at us over there. Mother Jones, there's Mother Jones there. Don't, don't forget it. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, now. Now, uh, we want to w- wish all of you today, of course, a miracle, uh, uh, happy birthday. Boy, that Christmas is coming, man. That Christmas is coming, I'm telling you. My daughter keeps telling me, I'm getting messed over this year. I say, why? Because Christmas is on Sunday. I said, well, how are you getting messed over? I got to work. Christmas my birthday. Am I going to get double? <laughs> Let me move on. Minister reading they hates. All right, so let's get to the word. Colossians chapter number one. Now in Colossians chapter number one, we want to look at uh, verse 12 through 14. Just those three verses because that's what we're doing with our series. Colossians chapter one." Uh, verse 12 through verse number 15. we read not out the King James Version right now, okay? It says, giving thanks to the Father, which has made us meet to be partaker of the inheritance of the saints in light, and has delivered us from the power of darkness, and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have forged- redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. You already have that in Christ. Now, what I want to do is I want to say something today because we're going to be ministering on the kingdom of God, dear son. All right? You get the first part of this this morning. You get the whole series. And if you don't have, if, if you have not understood how to operate your podcast, get with me. I will give you a link to the podcast and you just hit a button and you can see all the messages for the whole year on our podcast. Okay? That means you can watch today's message on Facebook the rest of the day. A lot of time he will leave it up tomorrow, and then you can get the podcast Tuesday, the rest of the week, okay? The podcast. All right, but stay, stay on that word, okay? Stay on that word because it's all about the word, okay? Now, we're talking about the kingdom of God, dear son. Now, we must understand the kingdom. I know a lot of people teach the kingdom, but they're only teaching you the mystery. So when somebody teaches you the kingdom, what are they teaching you? Mystery. They teach you the mystery. You cannot be saved by a mystery. You can only be saved by the revealed word. Now let me show you what that means. Jesus Christ taught the mystery. All right, let's go to the Gospel of St. Mark. Now just stay with me for a minute because I want to introduce this this way so you can understand. I take my time in the introduction because it's so easy for people to say, you know, what's wrong with the kingdom? I thought you're just teaching on the kingdom of God, their son. But yeah, you got to understand the kingdom of God, their son, is Christ. And that's what you got to understand. Until you're sitting in a ministry where people are preaching Christ, you're not preaching the gospel for you can be saved. And unless they preach Christ and them crucified for your salvation, you're not in a ministry where you can be saved. And my job is to tell you the truth. There's a lot of people who watch our television broadcast. This list keeps growing. Why people keep tuning in to this ministry? Because they're getting the word, they're getting the word taught. My job is not to just get here and hoop and tell you a lot of stuff. My job is to teach you this Bible. So it will give you an appetite. So when you go home, you want to study this Bible yourself. That's my responsibility. All right, to give you knowledge in the word. All right, now, why? Because the way Eve, Adam and Eve got in the situation was through the tree of knowledge. But it had good and evil. All right, so my job is to give you the knowledge of the truth. And that's my responsibility. All right, and that's the gospel of Christ. All right, now let's go where I told you we're going to now. Mark chapter number four. Thank you so very much. The Gospel of St. Mark chapter 4 because I want to show you uh, if you might want to just if you take taking notes I'll say a lot of things for the note keepers because if you're taking notes the Gospel of St. Matthew chapter 13 the Gospel of St. Mark chapter 4 and Luke chapter 8 all have the story on the sower Shows the word or the parable of the sower. All right. It's teaching you about Jesus. He's the sower. Uh, this Bible is about Jesus. I'm going to take you through some of these because the kingdom, Jesus taught the kingdom and he's talking about himself, but he could not tell them because it was a mystery. It was a secret. So when God gave the word to the apostle Paul, now it's revealed. Now we know who he was talking about is Christ. So let's keep that in mind. All right. The kingdom was about Christ. All right. But he couldn't tell them. He had to speak to them in parables. Because it was a mystery. Because he did not become Christ until after his resurrection. This is why so many people are still praying in Jesus' name. And I'm not here to put you down because we got to make a transition. Uh, uh, what am I'm looking for? Trans what? Transition. That's why I'm just trying to see y'all with me. All right, you got to make a transition. Because, because Jesus, was, well, Jesus was in the Old Testament. Jesus is a natural man. So, if you see this, you understand. Jesus is the kingdom. But he was not reveal until after he was raised from the dead. Now he's Christ. Well, he was Christ in the old covenant, but he couldn't reveal who he was. It was a mystery, it was a secret. But once Paul came, he preached Christ now and him crucified. So now you got to understand, Jesus is a natural man, the flesh man that was born by Mary. God put himself and Christ in Jesus. All right? So, but once God raised Jesus from the dead, he he made him, that's Acts 2, 36. Can you switch there just right quickly? Acts chapter 2 and verse 36. They had crucified Jesus, and now now uh, Peter is going to tell them, God has made this same Jesus whom you crucified, watch this, both Lord and Christ. So once he was dead, buried and raised again from the dead, Acts 2.36, let all the house of Israel know surely that God has made, see, that same Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Well, I thought he was already Lord and Christ. See, the key is he had to be revealed. He came in the ministry uh, uh, teaching the kingdom first because he was teaching them how to live in the kingdom. That's what he was teaching them. But they didn't realize that he's the kingdom and he is Christ who is the kingdom, all right? They hadn't got to living in him yet, all right? So that's why I want you, you can read that later. Now, Mark chapter 4 and verse 10, that's where we're at. The Gospel of St. Mark chapter 4, verse 10. And when he was alone, they, that were about him with the 12 asked of him, a parable. Remember, he is teaching to them parables. And he said that them, unto you is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. Remember, here he's going to say the mystery of the kingdom of God. When Paul gave us uh, Colossians 1.13, he didn't say mystery of the kingdom of God. Once Paul preached, it's not a mystery no more. See, Paul not giving you mysteries no more. Jesus gave you mysteries. Mysteries are parables. They are unseen, unknown truth called mysteries and parables. All right, but once Paul preached it, he's giving you the revelation of what Jesus preached. All right, so in Mark chapter 4, verse 11, he says, it was given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom, but unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. So all they could know was parables uh, in Jesus' ministry. All right, did I give you anything else so far? All right, now, I want to walk this down because I want you to understand that unless your pastor to you Christ, he's not preaching you anything, you can be saved. You can only be saved by Christ. Now let me show you that Romans, Romans chapter 16, you get this morning tape, we we did a lot of this, I got to get to some new information. Romans chapter 16 and verse number 25. Romans 16 and verse number 25. The Bible said, now to him that's of power to establish us, according to my gospel. Remember, Paul's talking about my gospel. And then he says, and the preaching of Jesus Christ. So he said, I'm preaching Jesus Christ, but I'm preaching to him according to the revelation of the mystery. Remember, he doesn't use no S on the word mystery. Because if you don't know that parable, that's in Mark chapter 4, verse 10, 11, and 12. If you don't know that parable about the mystery, then how can you know all parables? When you're talking about that mystery, you're talking about how God took you out of flesh and put you in the spirit. All right? How God took you out of Adam and put you in Christ. See, that's the mystery. It's talking about how you were born of the spirit, how you were born again. Get this morning tape. I did a lot on that. All right? According to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began. All right? But now, verse 26 is made manifest but now it's made manifest and by the scripture of the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God made known to the nation, uh, to all nations for the obedience of faith. But it was manifested, this, this Christ, Christ was manifested. That's why John 1, 14, if you wanna go there, John chapter one, verse 14, say, and the word was made flesh. Well, what does it mean to be made flesh? Manifested. So you have two words, you got really three words, You got creation, you got manifestation, and you got revelation. You got to know the difference. If to stand here, at least stand here. You got to know the difference. All right. So the Bible talks about first creation. We know the first book in the Bible is about creation. That's why people don't understand Genesis. Genesis chapter one is not manifestation. It is creation. Everything is created in Genesis chapter one. Then you get to Genesis chapter two. Then he said, and the Lord, in verse 7, and the the Lord formed man. Well, you didn't get to manifestation to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 1 is unseen, but everything is already created. When something is created, it's invisible. That's why you are a new creation. You are not seen, but yet you are a new creature. You are a new soul. You, You do not have your old soul. I'm not trying to get your old soul fixed up. I want you to believe God for a new soul. That's why 2 Corinthians five seventeen. See, this is why people think they can baptize you in water in Jesus' name. Get you say, you just can only wash off my old soul? I still got my old soul. You finished and you only washed off my flesh. And yet people are dying, going to hell by the grove, believing that message. You got to become a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5:17. Put on the screen. Uh, do John 1.14 first. We'll do one at a time, I reckon. <coughs> Thank you. And the word was made flesh. The word was made flesh and dwell among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. <clears throat> full of grace and truth. Verse 17. Skip down to verse 17. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So that we know what Jesus Christ came to do, came to bring us grace and truth, or to come and take us into the grace of God. What did Moses do? Moses' responsibility to bring them out of Egypt and take them into the promised land, which was the grace of God. But because the people rebelled against God's word, Moses was not able to go into the kingdom. He had to go into the mountain and die. He was only allowed to see the glory of God, but he could not enter. Joshua, took them into the premises of God, and those premises of God were called their inheritance. I'm preaching to you, I'm teaching you on the kingdom of God, their son. The kingdom of God, their son, is your inheritance. This is what God has for you. And I told you, you cannot get an inheritance by labor. You can only operate in the kingdom by favor. That's called grace. And most people trying to sow, talking to you about sowing and seed. You can't sow in the gospel. You cannot sow in grace. And I'm going to teach you on that soon. You can't sow in grace because everything is given to you. Remember, you re- in grace you receive tree that you did not plant. You receive garden that you did not sow. You didn't plant the garden that's why he told them that everything they got they got cuz it was already inheritance inheritance cannot have anybody labor. you can't labor for an inheritance somebody else labored and you got the inheritance go back and look at it when somebody laid up an inheritance they worked all their life but they left it for you that means they labor you receive the inheritance which is the fruit of their labor we gave it that this morning. Just get this morning table, all that stuff on me. All right. Now, what I want to do today, I want to get into some things. I showed you in John 1 14, Then I said, I'm going to take you somewhere else. Where did that? 2 Corinthians five seventeen. Thank you very much. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Now, it told you, therefore, if any man be in Christ, you got to know you are a new creation. The word creation is soul. See, that's who you are. You're a new soul. You're not an old soul. The old soul is Adam. See, the old soul has sin in it, death in it. But God made you a new creation with no sin and no death in it. You only have eternal life. And I gave you that on the, back on the grace life. I showed you what the three lives, see, you get all that stuff. Shows you what the three lives are. And you got to have the highest life, that's eternal life. All right, now here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, one verse says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, we'll go to Ezekiel 36, 26 and show you the next one. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, are you in Christ? Then you are a new creation. A new creation is a new soul, new creature. Old thing, the old life, old man, old soul passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God did not take your soul and wash it off and, 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 and using it. That's what people teaching you in water baptism. Let's go to Ezekiel 36. Don't get the sea. See, that's religion. They think he can patch you up, wash you off. You alright? Ezekiel 36, no. Nah. You got to have a new life. That's what God gave you. He gave you His life, a new life. Thirty-six, twenty-six. Thirty-six, twenty-six. That is a new heart. I will give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. He's not talking about that old stuff you in you. He's gonna take that out. Then he says, and I would put within you, and I would take away the stony heart. He's gonna take the old soul out. I'm gonna take it out of your flesh. And I will give you a new heart, a heart of flesh. And I would put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in, cause you to walk in, in my in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgment to do them. See, God promised a new life, a new heart, a new spirit. Old things are passed away, all things are become new, and all things are of God. And so you gotta come to understand that if you got born of the spirit, you have a new life. There's a new man. He doesn't know the word. He doesn't have no word in him, and that's why you got to come here, so you don't make the same mistake Adam and Eve made, eating of the wrong tree. They ate of the tree of neither good and evil, and they died prematurely. They were separated from God, and later on they died physically. That's why you keep telling people, but they just think they, I, I, they already know. They already got it. You know what I mean? You don't like kids, is? And don't know SWAT 1, SWAT 2, or SWAT 3. All right. Now, let's, let's go to work, because I got, I got to give you a lot of work. Now, I gave you Luke 17 this morning, Luke 17, 20 that the kingdom of God is in you. I'm not going back to that anymore. No and then Titus 2.11 told you Christ is the kingdom of God. Titus 2.11. I'm not going to these. You can look at them. I gave you Colossians chapter 1, verse 26. The the kingdom of God is in you. Christ now is in you. But He's not called the kingdom of God no more. We're going to show you some of Jesus' teaching, and he did some teaching on what you call the kingdom of heaven. Now, I gave you this this morning, and, and I'm not going to be able to get it now and finish it, but I'm going to go back and just show it to you. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24 through 34. I'm sorry 25 through 34 i'm not going to be able to read all that now because this morning i tried to and i didn't get to i'm not gonna be able to do this service but i'm gonna go to matthew chapter six and i'm gonna do some of that matthew chapter number six i'm gonna start verse 25 but i'm gonna have to uh start verse 25 because he's telling them not to worry about what they're gonna eat or what they're gonna drink you can't worry about that the key is if you are in the kingdom God takes care of you. See, that's what you got to understand. See, once Israel got into the promised land, God took care of them. Everything was already there when they got there. See, you got to understand, you'll enter in in Christ's labor. I gave that John this morning. Let me do that first. I gave that John chapter 4, verse 37, 38. Let's do that. John chapter 4, verse uh, 36, start there. John 4:36: 37, 38. you got to understand, Christ has already come, and he's already labored. You are entering into his labor. And when you receive your inheritance, inheritance means blessing without labor. See, you don't understand that somebody pass away in your family or in your whatever, and leave you a lot of money, whatever, you'd be like, oh, my God. You ain't work for nothing. You got all that but without labor. Now, come on, thank the Lord for it. That's what the word inheritance means. <laughs> inheritance means I got blessings but without labor. Somebody had to work to get that. All right, let's go to verse 36. We are in John 4, 36. And he, re- and he, re- and he that reaped, Jesus' teaching, he that reaped received wages and gather fruit unto life eternal. That both he that soweth, and you got two different people, and he that reapeth may rejoice together. Remember, he is the sower in the Bible. The father's a sower. The father sowed the son, okay? And verse 37 says, And herein that saying true, one soweth and another reapeth. One soweth and another reapeth. Well, you know you didn't sow, you reap. I say to you, this is why he sent his disciples. He said, I send you to reap. This is what he told his own son, I send you to reap whereon you bestowed no labor. And that's what you got to understand, son. When you come into the body of Christ, you are coming to receive what you didn't labor for. Now, Christ did all the work. That was John chapter 4. He said, I am come to do my father's will and to finish his work. So he came in and did all the work for you died, buried, raised again from the dead. Paid for everything, your, your salvation. Paid for your, your forgiveness in, in your past, past forgiveness, present forgiveness, future forgiveness. All your forgiveness and unforgiveness has been paid for. And you got to be so grateful to know that when you do make a mistake, it's not like you're trying to do something wrong, but if you did make a mistake, God tell you, it's covered. I paid for it. He doesn't want, that's, that's, that's Roman chapter 6, verse 1. Shall we sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who are dead to sin live it the longer there? We don't live this life because we already forgiven. It's just like God gave you a credit card and say, you know what? Daddy, can I have a credit card? We're going to use them in some ways. You got a wife with him right there. Husband, can I use the credit card, Timothy? Oh, yeah, get what you want. And then she goes and she says, you know what, I think I'll buy me a Fleetwood. <laughs> well, you know, I wouldn't tell you to buy a house. I just thought you'd go and shop. But the kid that's the point. Just because we have God's grace, we just don't go out and try to just buy houses and land that he already gave us everything. So we, we just go and shopping on the weekend with the girls. Can I have a card? You know how it goes. But at the same time, we believe they're going to be modest, right? You know, not going to hurt too bad, right? <laughs> but that's what, how the Lord is. He gave you everything, but, but you know, you got to understand there's some thing that you don't need. All right, here we go. He says, I sent to you to reap. That way on you bestowed no labor. You didn't bestow no labor. Other men labored. And you are into their labor. And that's what you got to understand how it is. These men came and gave their life for what you got the apostles and prophets and all these guys before us. They gave their life and we just enter into their label which is called grace. Give the Lord a big hand for his word. (laughs) Now let's go to Matthew chapter 6. See, you got to make sure you're in the kingdom. Make sure you're in the kingdom. If you're in the kingdom, then everything has already been taken care for you. If you are in the kingdom, that's what people don't understand. I'm so grateful to know that my heavenly father takes care of me because I'm in the kingdom. Watch this here. He's teaching them kingdom life. Matthew chapter number six, verse 25. Therefore, I say to you, take no thought for your life. First, he told me you can't serve two masters. That's law and grace. Okay? So you can't do that. He said, Therefore, I say to you, take no thought for your life. What you're gonna eat, what you're gonna drink, nor for your body, what you're gonna put on. Is not the life more than meat? Is the body that more than raiment? Behold, the fowls are there. They sow not, and neither do they reap nor gather into bonds. Yet your heavenly Father fed them. That's what you got to understand. Yet your heavenly Father does what? Feed them. Then he asked them, are you not much better than fowls, birds? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to your stature? I mean, you don't, listen, if I could add, hair to my head. Don't you know I would? <laughs> Somebody say amen. amen. But you can't add no hair to your head. You can't add no length to your feet. And then he told you in verse 28, and why take thought? Why take thought for Raymond? Consider the litters of the field, how they grow. They tore not, neither do they spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon, all his glory was not arrayed like one of these, did not dress like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothes, the grass of the field? He's telling you something. If God take care of the grass of the field. Now, you got to understand, you're getting ready to go outside. Within the next few months, the temple tool is already talking about getting ready to drop. And you're going to see the grass freeze. And then it's going to begin to die. It's going to kill it. The frozen weather killed the grass. And then you're going to be able to see the grass turn brown again. And then you're going to watch that dead grass all winter. And then all of a sudden, March gonna come around, and then it gonna come with showers and rain, and then April gonna come and bring the sunshine, and then the flowers gonna come back, the grass gonna get green again, and then May gonna come back, and the roses and flowers. What happened here? This same process happened with everything, and so you gotta understand something that you gotta understand. God is taking care of the whole thing, also you. Now the flowers ain't worried, the grass ain't worried, but us. Winter coming, Lord. All right. Now, he said, Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't toil, neither do they spin. And yet, I say to you that even Solomon, all his glory, all his riches, was not arrayed like one of these flowers. Wherefore, if God, he did tell you, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which the day is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, Shall he not much more close ye, O oh ye, a little faith? Wherefore, therefore, take no thought. That sounds like worry, isn't it? Don't take any thought. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, or whether whether you're going to be clothed. For after these things do the unbeliever, they call the Gentiles, seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. He told you what to do. He told you to Seek first the kingdom of God. Make sure you are in the kingdom. And if you're in the kingdom, make sure you are. If you are, God is your father. Now he's responsible for you. You can't get an inheritance if you're not in the kingdom. You know, I I know you got, you know, people go to God telling God everything about Daniel and how you helped Daniel and how all ain't no good if you're not his son. See, we want to bring up all this stuff to God to put, make God guilty. God ain't guilty. If you his son, nobody have to worry about you got what you have. If you my son, I'm going to make sure you get what you got coming. Because why? I'm not going to allow. I got a sister right over here. Uh, I call it the Greek and the, all the place you went to, Greek and Rome and Italy and Turkey and stuff. Right. But this is what she told her son. See, her son named Angelo. Prayed for me this morning about 1 o'clock. And I said, uh, she told me, she said, you know what? This is what she told her son. Oh, I'm buying another cat like you, you, you can have that one. <laughs> now that's a good thing to say. You know what? Isn't that good? For your son to say, Mama gave me her, her cat like truck. <laughs> look, look. I, but he didn't work for it, did he? he? Did you see him doing the work? You worked all the miles, didn't you? showed sure it but that's inheritance see when you get something like that you inherit it that's why you ought to be so glad because everything God got for you is your inheritance you know what Colossians 1 and 3 says blessed be the God and Father no Ephesians 1 and 3 blessed be the God and Father by our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly place in Christ God put all the spirit, you don't have to worry about wisdom, you don't have to worry about knowledge, you don't have to worry about understanding. So when you go out and need a job, that's why Philippians 4.13 4, says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And then in Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply all of my need according to the riches in glory by Christ Jesus. you got to know the word. you got to know what God's going to do in your life, and because you are an heir. Look at somebody and say, I happen to be an heir of God, heir. and I'm an heir of Christ. See, I'm an heir of God. I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. That means everything Jesus Christ on I own. I'm, we are in this together. He's my father. He's my Lord. He's my Savior. He is my salvation. And so you got to get excited about that. <laughs> but you got to know what you got. But he told you already, you got to see first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these other things should be added. So that's what I do, and that's why you have to understand, if you are in the kingdom, that makes you a son. And everything God has is yours. Now let's go to work, shall we? Now let's look at Psalm 37. I'm going to give you a couple more. Psalm 37. You've got to know what's yours. Now you, you live this life in the natural. You go home, mama's house, and you don't say nothing to mama. Just go in the refrigerator, go in the stove, go, in, go in and get what you want and walk on out the door. Because you're at mama's house, house. Because you know that's your inheritance. You don't have to worry about it. But when it comes to God, just like we don't know what to do. Psalm 37. I'm going to come to you. Come to you. Psalm 37. Now watch what God says to the children of Israel. Now at the top of my heading, it says God takes care of his own. Say it with me. God, God. takes care of his own children. Yeah. Watch some of the things that he said to them fret not yourself because of evildoers now this is God taking care of you you know the word by evildoers neither be thy envious against the workers of iniquity for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green earth my wife would tell you in a minute you know I'll be driving sometime I, I don't know what what this guy did I don't know what I did to him all I did was pass it and, and sister crumb said and he gave you the finger <laughs> I wasn't doing nothing but in my lane right He said, the man just gave you the finger. And you know what I told my wife? I said, you know what? I never say nothing about it. I never put them down. All I said, God, take care of those who don't don't like me. Go on my way. Because I don't have, he told me to fret not myself. Sure ain't worried about it. God deal with those people. See, if you don't learn how to do this, you'll get stressed out. And see, that's why you got peace. Look at somebody saying, that's why he gave you peace. So you don't get stressed out. See, that's what peace is there. Let peace, let peace have his perfect. Watch this. That's why peace got to have his way in your life. Perfect work. Right. They shall soon be cut down like the grass and withers a green earth. Trust in the Lord. This is what you got to do. You in the kingdom. Trust in the Lord. You just do good. So you shall dwell in the land. And verily thou shalt be fed, fed, mean taken care of. He told you what to do. Delight yourself also in the Lord. He shall give you the desires of your heart. See, he told you what to do. He told them, we can go by what he said. Then he said, look, commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness. And we know we have Christ's righteousness as a day, and your judgment as a the noonday. Then he told you to rest. See, if you look at these places, he said, now, you rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to the path. Seize from anger. Forsake wrath. Fret not yourself in any way to do evil. Evil doers are going to be cut out. Those that wait upon the Lord shall inherit the earth. You know, and then I can turn right over here to Isaiah. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 40. Oh, hallelujah. Now, this is, this is something that I, I turn to a lot. See, when you get up in age, you know, like my mother used to always say to old folks, and then we had to straighten out. We said, Mama, you're the, you the old folk now. <laughs> but uh, now we're we in the seven and so old folks. I we're the old folks too now, huh? All right, so you had to be very likely that you that were, you, you'd be able to get it one day. Watch this here, Isaiah chapter 40. Watch this here, watch what God says to Israel. In verse 28, let's back into verse 28. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 28, watch what it says. Have have you not known, have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth fainted not? Neither is weary, there is no searching of his understanding, He give power to the faint, and them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, young men going to early fall. But they that wait upon the Lord, I don't know about you, but I have to rely, I have to chew this one all the time. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You know, I like like that kind of stuff because God told me all I got to do is wait up on the Lord. And to wait on him is to do what you do to anybody that you minister to, that you serve. See, that's what happens when you go to the restaurant and you sit down. What do people do? They're waiting on you, right? And that's what you got to understand. You got to learn how to to minister to the Lord. Minister to the Lord, and you watch watch how God do. There are times I just lay in the bed, and God knows. He showed me, he said, look, I had about two hours. And he told me, he said, just sit there and and meditate on the word in your mind. He said, most people never minister to me in their minds. He said, you know what? God does not look on that with appearance. God looks at the heart. He's talking about your mind. And in your heart, you have areas in your heart, and you have to understand I don't know, can I give them all this, Lord? But anyway, I got so much stuff, man. You know, I got so much stuff. When you deal with the word, when you deal with the word uh, uh, soul, you deal with the... Everything got five members. I'm going to give you this. Uh, the body has five members. The soul got five members. The spirit got five members. I'm going to give them to you quickly. They'll be on your tape. The spirit got five members. It's faith, love, hope, prayer, and worship. Those are five members of your spirit life. You ought to understand how to perfect them. You got faith, love, and hope. Then you got prayer and worship. Those are five members of your spirit life. Then you got a soul life. In your soul life, you have five members. You have a conscious. You have an imagination. You have a memory. You have a reason. You have thoughts in your mind. So you got to learn how to operate. Let me give them to you again. In the spirit life, you have faith, hope, love, then you got prayer and worship. Then as your soul, you got five members in your soul. You got a conscience, you got imagination, you got memory, you got reason, and you got thoughts, which is in your mind. And your body has five members. You have eyes for your sight, hands for your touch, ears for your hearing, tongue for your taste. I know you're it for talking, but it really for tasting. <clears throat> you catch on. Your nose for smell. So everything is three. That's why you have the spirit life. That's why you have the life of the body. You have the life of the soul then the life of the spirit. See, that's the grace life. A person who's not saved only got the life of the soul and the life of the body. They don't have spiritual life. They don't have a new soul. They got an old soul, which is the breath of life. They got the, they got the old life, which is the life of the blood. Now all of us got this here, but it does not keep me alive. What keeps me alive is the spirit of life. It's eternal life. Because when the other two life is gone, I still got eternal life. Mm-hmm. That's good to me. It's good to know Jesus Alright. Now let's move on because I want to give you the, the kingdom of heaven and I want to show you the kingdom of heaven is light. Now I'm going to give you in Matthew because Matthew chapter 13 I think got more than anything. But I'm just, I can't show them all to you. I only got about 17 minutes. Let's go to Gospel of St. Matthew chapter 13. I'm going to show you the kingdom of heaven. Let me, I got to stop by and give you one more. Psalm 55 verse 22. See we're we are ministering to a lot of folk out there and uh, when you minister to a lot of people out there I want to make sure that they're well fed. I want to show them what you get in this house. Psalm 55 verse 22. This is what God told you to do. Psalm 55 verse 22. See, I'm giving you a thing that you can meditate on. Wet your your appetite on it. Wet your whistle, they call it. Uh, Psalm 55 verse 22. Cast your burdens. See, when you're going through something in your life, those are called burdens. Cast your burdens upon the Lord, and he shall sustain you. Now I want somebody to make sure that instead of that word this week, sustain. Because that's a big word. Cast your burdens on the Lord and he shall sustain you. Watch what he says. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. So you got to just make sure you are who you are. As long as you know you are the righteous, you're going to have some persecution. But the Lord delivers them out of them all. The Bible said many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord <laughs> delivers them out of them all. So you're going through something, just understand something, he's taking you to the next level. I like that. Every time I go through something, God taking me to the next level. And I understand what he got for me. Three things that would never work run out. Faith, hope, and love. All right, now there we go. Matthew chapter 13. Now, in Matthew chapter 13, I want to start reading. Uh, man, I got so much here. Let me, I'm going to start reading verse 31. Matthew 13. Now, I'm, I want to show you the parables, how they go, because it, all these parables is talking about the kingdom. And the kingdom is Christ. Remember, he can't tell them that. He just got to teach them the parable. Matthew chapter 13 And verse number 31. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 31. Let me know when you get there. All right, I hear one amen. All right. Well, I just have to take you on witness. I only got one amen, but anyway. Now, here we're going to do the mustard seed. Now, the mustard seed, I want to show you something about the mustard seed. We're in Matthew chapter 13. It's like the smallest seed. Now, you got to hear what he's saying. Because there's only one seed in the Bible, Galatians 5.16, that's Christ. So he's going to show you that the kingdom of God is like, Christ is like a mustard seed. When it first starts out, you only got a word. You only got the word from God. See, I'm preaching the word of God to you. And all you're receiving is God's word. And that's Christ, right? But watch what he's going to tell you. You haven't seen the end of the seed yet. This one, this word you're receiving, which is Christ, another parable putting forth unto them, saying, "The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed." Remember, that's Christ, which a man took and sowed into his field. He's showing you how it works. I'm sowing the word into the person's heart, which indeed is the least of all seeds. He's telling you when a mustard seed starts out, it's the least of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs and becometh a tree. So you got to understand, this one word, seed, Christ, in you, supposed to become a tree in you and produce fruit in you. See, you don't don't think you already made it because you just got the seed. You remember the verse that says, until Christ be formed? How many of you remember that verse? I'm going to travel again until Christ be formed. That's what I need you to do is know the word. I'm just showing you. I'm, I, I'm, I can say a lot of Word, but you got to learn the word. Until Christ be formed in you. Paul said so I got the Galatians. I, I got to travel again until Christ be formed in you. For what? Galatians 4, 19? All right. Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. I'm, I'm going to read that. I'll come right back. Watch what Paul said. See, people come to church for a while. That's what they do. They come for a while, and then they, they, they feel like, well, I don't need to go to church no more. They, you know, they stop, don't even read the Bible. Uh, I mean, they don't pray. I mean, they just, I just, when I watch the TV on Sunday morning, I mean, you just, you just doing God a favor. I see that, right? All right. Now, let, let's, where you get, what, would you, Galatians 4, all right, let's go to 4, Galatians 4.19. Let's show you. See, the Apostle Paul told them that, you know, Christ's got to be formed in you. It's just like a person with a baby. You know, I'm pregnant, okay, and show me the baby. Well, you can't show you the baby now. The baby got to be formed. Now, we can see that, but we can't see us. We come in here and, 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 and walk up here, and we'll oh, I receive I Christ, and then we're gone. We're gone. Where they are? Haven't seen him since 2020. <laughs> See, you got to understand something. Christ got to be formed in you. Watch this here, Galatians chapter four and verse 19. Here we go. My little children, Galatians 4:19. We're just going to hit it with one verse. My little children, of whom I travel in birth. How many know what traveling means? He's going through something, isn't it? He? He's I travel in birth again until Christ be formed in you. See, that's what has to happen. christ got to be formed in you. See, we, we, all want, we all want to get our inheritance. Let's go to Galatians 4.1. Let's back up where it started. We, we, we want to get our inheritance, but Christ is not formed in us yet. See, we want to get our inheritance. God got everything for me. Everything belonged to him. God. Has everything? Yeah, sure is. Everything belongs to him. Everything is yours. But you would not grow up. I mean, you hit, you hit, hip and skip to church. You maybe, maybe I'll be there, and maybe I won't. You, that sounds like that guy sitting over there on his corner that I had a drink for a week. Maybe I get up from here. And maybe I won't. You got to stop that kind of life. You got to understand. Sunday should be a day of worship. It should be no question while I'm going to church Sunday. I'm going to be here and I'm going to be here for both services. Why? This is the only day I go to church once a week. Once a week. <laughs> See, I know people say, Pastor Crump, when we going to start back Bible class? Let's get once a week straight first. <laughs> yeah. So You want Pastor Crump to be over there Tuesday and Thursday, you at home. Let's get this, let's get Sunday, let's get Sunday down pat. Now watch what Paul said. Watch what Paul said in Galatians chapter 4 where he started this off. See, down in verse 19, he says, I must travel again till Christ be formed in you. Now go back to verse 1 because he's going to tell them what, they, what their problem was. Verse 1, now I say that the heir, as long as he's a child. See, that's what people are. They're born of the spirit. They got a newborn, brand new spirit, born again, but they don't have no word in them. See, so that's why Paul had to keep going until Christ before him. You have to keep ministering the word to them, come long enough to be able to get a birth out of it. You know, just come in, just come, keep coming in and getting pregnant, keep coming in and getting pregnant. Just stay long enough to have the baby. All right, now I say that, that the heir, as long as he's a child, differ nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. But it's on the tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, made up, made up under the law, to redeem them that were under the law. What is he talking about? That they might receive the adoption of a son. And because you are a son, see, they was a child, now they are a son. See, that's what you got to understand. God wants his son to be formed in you. See, that's why we started out Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John talk about the baby Jesus. But he went on and became a man. And then he died, buried, and raised again from the dead, and now he's Christ. See, he went on through the whole process. They tried to kill him when he was a baby. Remember, Joseph takes the child and go over to Egypt until the, the king of Herod is dead, not come back. See, he had to keep doing this to keep taking care of the child. Until the child is born, and and the child, when he got to age uh, thirty, he entered his ministry. See, try the enemy, try to kill him all before that. That's what you got to understand, because you come in and receive the word. That's what Matthew thirteen, Mark four, and Luke 8. Luke chapter eight. The enemy comes immediately before the word, sake. "Take the word at your heart," so you cannot become fruitful. You cannot bring forth the Christ in your heart. Christ can't not be formed in you. You're not in the church long enough. You understand? Yeah. This is a this is real thing. Getting pregnant is one thing by keeping the baby is another. Yeah. And don't forget the vote. Let me move on. Yeah. Might as well say that while I'm there, huh? Yeah. And because you are sung, verse 6, God has sent forth the spirit of his son in your heart, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, thou no more servant. See, that's what you hear most people say in every message. They they, they want you to hear. All I want, all I want said is servant, well done. If I ever hear you come up in here with all you wanted to hear is servant, well done. I'm going to call you right right to me, okay? All right. You are God's son, not his servant. Do you know the word servant means slave? Do you know that? Give me the Bible. Put the Bible up there on the NALT and give me just that one, one verse. And verse 7. Galatians chapter number 4 verse 7. See, people know you know what word it is. You, you got folks. Let me, let me move on. I don't even want to fuss today, Lord. Mother Joan birthday. <laughs> Mother, gentleman, brother, and her family here. Out of the children, on the first today. Here we go. Galatians chapter four, verse seven, out of the NLT. Now you're no longer a slave. Ain't that plain or what? So anytime you hear people say, "Yeah, servant, yes," yeah, you might well to say, "Slave." Oh, slave. Man, y'all don't know. You be listening to folks. You don't, people don't know what they're talking about. All right, let's go. we had Matthew chapter 13. Now, I gave you the first thing. That when a seed is sown, it's the smallest seed. Uh, Mark, uh, Matthew 13, 31, 32. Those are the first thing I gave you. Matthew chapter 13, verse 31 and verse 32. All right, let's go back to the mustard seed. Another parable put it forth, saying, The kingdom of God is like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took, sowed into his field, which indeed was the least of all the seed. He's talking about Christ now. But when it's grown. Somebody said, but when it's grown. It is, it's the greatest of all earth. That's why God wants you. You look in the book of Revelation. It talks about the tree of life. It has all manner of fruit. Well, what do you think that tree is? Is Christ in you, and that's how Christ supposed to be able to do is growing you until it has all the fruit of the Spirit on the tree, so you can have everything you need in you. That means that's why you'll be able to be taken care of the rest of your life from the tree that's in you. That's what they call <laughs> eternal life, which indeed is the least of all the seeds, but when it's grown, is the greatest among herbs and becometh a tree. It becometh a tree. That's how God sees you as a tree. So that birds of the air come to lodge in its branches. Other folks come to view for counsel and to help because you got the fruit of the spirit to be able to minister to them. You that are strong, bad, the infirmities of the weak. That's all he's talking about. Another parable, verse 33. Spake he unto them, the kingdom of heaven is like a leaven. Now this is very important. Which a woman took and hid in three measures till the whole was leaven. What is he talking about? He's talking about when you put leaven in bread, it goes and penetrates all of the bread. You don't sprinkle salt in the bread and then open the bread up and see, make sure the salt got to all the parts of the bread. You just stirs it up. That's how it is in God's life. He put the word of God in you and then he stirs you up and that word of God reaches your spirit, your soul, and your body. It's like leaven. Leaven. What you're going through gets God's word all over your life. That's why when you put things in a blender, you get it done faster. And some of you just been in a blender. You'll be all right. The blender will stop soon. Let's move on. Now, Matthew chapter number 13 and verse 34. He's going through all of these parables, but he's liking them unto the kingdom of God. He explained the parable. I want to go to the next one because I want to show you uh, verse number 44. Let's skip down. I know we got a lot in there. Verse 44. A lot of this is good. But you can do them. These are parables. Verse 44 he calls a buried treasure. He says, And again, the kingdom of heaven is like a a, a treasure hid in the field. Which when a man has found, he's going to go hide it. A man found a treasure. He took the treasure and went and hid it. And then he went and he... So everything in his house. Remember he told you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these other things shall be added. Make sure you got the kingdom. This man here wanted the kingdom. So when he found the treasure, talking about the kingdom. Once he found it, you know what he did? He went and he hid it so nobody else could find it. And then he went and sold everything he had to get enough money to buy the whole field. So he came back and bought the whole field so he can have the kingdom. That's how God telling you your whole thing is to make sure you got the kingdom. That's all he's telling you. He said, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in a field, which when a man has found, he hid it. And for joy thereof, he go and he sell all that he hath, and he buy the field. So he buy the whole field because he found the treasure. That's how it is when you find Christ. Well, you find Christ at in the field, and that was your old life. So you got to get rid of all that old stuff so you can keep the treasure. Now watch the verse 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man seeking goodly pearl. Pretty much the same thing. When he had found one pearl of great price, he went and he sold all he had and he bought it. See, he's telling you that's how the kingdom of God is. That's how Christ is. Once you find you got Christ, you make sure all the other junk get out your life. You don't need all that. You need to keep that kingdom. And verse, and verse number, let me give you one more. Verse 45. I gave you 45, 46. Verse 51. Let's skip down to verse 51. I'm just about done. It says, verse 51. Jesus said to them, have you understood all these things? <laughs> I like this. They said to him, yeah, Lord. That's how people answered. Yeah, got it all. He know they didn't know. Verse 52. Therefore, every scribe which is instructed unto the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder, which bringeth forth out of his treasure new things and old. Now, he's letting them know this is how it is with a householder. If you would make sure that you do what I'm telling you, everything you need, new and old, will be able to come out of your treasure. See, your heart is your treasure. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. See, you have to understand that. That's why everything you got, you know where you hide it at? In your heart. You keep it in your memory. That's why you don't, can't remember stuff, write it down. You only keep what you can remember. All right, let's, let's move. I think I'm in something that ain't doing no good. Let's go to Matthew 16, and I'm going to close. Matthew chapter 16. Matthew 16, you can read all of that because he told you to start off in verse 5 and 6, beware the Sadducees and the, and the influence. Beware the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Why? Because they're influenced. Because they're doctored. You can't sit up and listen to nobody telling you you baptized in the water in Jesus' name going to heaven. You can't sit and watch that. You can't sit and listen to that. You know that's a lie. When you talk to somebody and they're lying, you, just, you just, just walk away and just, no, you're lying. I'm, I, I can't listen to that. See, you, you confront people. That's what you have to do. You can't just let people see them and lie to you, just like, oh, I, I want to talk to you. you can't, I'm not gonna sit and let you lie to me. You think I'm crazy? See, that that's what happened when people lost their mind. They listened to folk lie to them. No. All right. Here we go. Matthew 16, 21. We're gonna be done. Matthew chapter 16, verse 21. Are you enjoying the word? Matthew chapter 16 and verse number 20. I'm gonna come to this camera. Matthew chapter 16 and verse number 21. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go to Jerusalem. Now watch this. To go to Jerusalem, he's going to suffer many things of the elders, the chief priests, the scribe, and be killed and raised again the third day. Now why is he going to Jerusalem? Why are these people trying to kill him? Because these are the enemies of the word. And that's what you must understand. When you get in the Word, there are enemies of the Word. And you must understand, these are the enemies. Jesus began to, to go to Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elder, chief priest, scribe, and they're going to kill him, but he's going to raise again the third day. So you've got to understand something. There are fleshly enemies against the Word. Enemies of your mind, the Bible called them. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him. Now here's Peter, one of his own twelve, rebuked him, and said to him, Lord, it shall not be so. Now Jesus, for this cause, came out into the world. This is why he came. When he got down to the reason why he came to the world, he had an opposition, and it was against close associates. People can be close in your life, can come against what God gave you to do in your life. That's why you got to make sure you don't go tell everybody your business when you get ready to make divine decisions. When you get ready to make some divine decision, you don't go and tell everybody. Because they can be your greatest hindrance. That person could come and tell you, not so. You don't do that. You better not sell your house. Matter of fact, I had a dream that they, they go through everything. So you, you don't tell everybody your business when you get ready to make a divine decision. Let me say it again. You don't tell everybody your business when you get ready to make a divine decision. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. When you get ready to make a divine, let me, I'm just going to finish this because I got to go. Uh, I'm going to go down in verse uh, 24. Then said Jesus to the disciples, if any man come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall save it. And you will never find his life until you lose yours. Let me say it again. You will never find his life until you lose yours. As long as you got your life, you don't have his life. That's how you can tell when you say you don't have your life no more. Now, you, when you get born again, go back and look. People who know you today, they didn't know you back then. That was their old life. But you remember your old life, but you know you don't have it no more. And you're glad you don't have it, aren't you? I know I'm glad I don't have my old life no more. Amen. Thank God he gave me a new life. But watch what it says. In verse 26, what is a man profited? going to come to this camp. I'm giving it close. What is a close. What is a man profited? Now watch what He says. If he gained the whole world. I mean, what, what are you, what is going to profit you? Just think about it. To gain the whole world and then lose your own soul. So otherwise, the decision you make today involves your soul. See, don't don't be so quick to, to make it. Listen, I make sure. I don't care if God give me two or three messages a week. But I make sure the right one. And I say, okay, this is it. Because I'm giving counsel to people who listen for God. You can't tell people the wrong thing. Today, make sure you're in the kingdom make sure it's first that's why i said sell all you have make sure you're in the kingdom if you got to buy bibles if you got to come to door of faith and whatever you got to do get the podcast make sure listen make sure you get the kingdom. make sure you get the kingdom of god in you and all these other things that you've been worried about god will take care of them for you is the kingdom in you are you really god's child are you really God's daughter? Watch what he says. Verse 26. Was a man profitable if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his own soul? What would you give in exchange for your own soul? You know people would. You can show people the Bible. I'm going to show it to them right now. How to be saved. And yet, people would tell me, Pastor Crump don't know what he's talking about. And you can show them in the Bible. Israel went into the promised land, watch this, and not one was baptized. Not one! They crossed the Red Sea and not one was baptized. God dried up the water and they went on dry land. Go check the book out. When God, in Joshua chapter 3, they got ready to go into the promised land. God shut it all down so there was no water. And they went across on dry land. Wonder why he did that. And yet, people today will go to church in the groves, thousands and thousands and thousands, and tell you, you got to be water baptized to be saved. And then tell you that only one baptism in the Bible. And of course, it's water. Well, what about the spirit baptism? Matthew chapter 3 verse 11 gave you three baptism in one verse. John the Baptist baptized. John the Baptist baptized Jesus. And then he told them, not only baptize with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And fire baptism ain't the Holy Ghost. That's when you go to hell when you missed it. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we done. The Apostle Paul, the greatest of all apostles, who wrote 13 books in the New Covenant, he was called the 13th Apostle. Wrote 13 books. Ministry started in the 13th chapter of Acts. How I many 13s you want? Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received and where you stand by which also you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preach to you, unless you believe in vain, I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture. He was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the Scripture. Listen, if I go and sit up in a church where they believe that Jesus Christ died, buried, and raised again from the dead, I will get saved. I will get saved because I'm somewhere where I can hear the Word. Faith come by hearing and hearing by the Word. But when you go sit up in the church where they're telling you you got to be baptized in water in Jesus' name to be saved, most likely you're going to be lost. But you gave place to the devil. When somebody's not preaching the truth, get out of there. Christ died for your sins. And he was buried and God raised him from the dead. That's the way you're saved. And when you believe that God will give you the Holy Spirit and God will save your soul from from hell. My time is up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you.